Thanks for tuning in to Pink Noise, a radio show hosted by me, Barry Sherry, broadcasting on Cafe Racer Radio every Sunday and streaming on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. I'm recording from my houseboat on Lake Union in Seattle, Washington. Today's conversation is with Shika Shadeo, another unique individual who told me in this episode that her core beliefs are that everyone has a story and everyone has the potential to overcome obstacles and that everyone is a hero. Leveraging these beliefs and inspired by the work of Brandon Stanton and his project Humans of New York, she launched her own series called This Is My Story, What's Yours? And we dive in where she tells me about her why. You know, we hear stories of uh, victories and triumphs and struggles and defeats of celebrities all the time. You know, there are so many people who have made it there. Um, This was the platform where I wanted to share the extraordinary story of the ordinary people. That was one of my main focus, that each one of us, you know, we live in a world where everyone is struggling or battling something in their life. And who they are today is because of that struggle. So um, that was one of my main focus, that uh, every person should remember how amazing they are. We forget, Sherry, we forget, I forget. I forget how incredible my journey has been. And I want everyone to dig into their past. And they're like, I don't know if I really have had that struggle or if I have an amazing story. The doubts that these people have about their own journey. I have to remind people about their highest potential, about the fact that they think that they have not encouraged others around them, but they are doing it on a daily basis. I mean, look at your podcast. Why are you doing this? For yourself, of course, but mostly for others. That's why you're doing this. Exactly. I'm totally here to shine the light on others' gold and amplify it. Thanks for seeing that. Perhaps that's why I'm so moved by your work. Hey, let's begin with our origin story. I got to meet you because my friend Melody Berenger posted a video one day, and the video was called, This is My Story, What's Yours? And I was so moved by this personal narrative that unfolded and I've known this woman for well over 20 years I 25 years and I learned things about her that I didn't know and it was this quick two-minute video I had tears on my face and I reached out to her right away and I said what is this what is this magical two-minute video all about. I'm absolutely stunned. And she said that she had met Shika. And that this is my story, What's Yours, was a, a series that you were producing. And since then, we've done a piece together. <laughs> and I love this. And I I bring people on this show to talk about the thread of aliveness that you're following in your life. Could you go back to the inspiration, the moment that you decided that this was a project that you wanted to go after? What was happening in your life when you had that realization? Great question. And Sherry, thank you for your wonderful time words uh, regarding my project. It is one of the projects which makes me feel alive. And uh, going back to uh, 2016, I was in the US and uh, right now I'm in India. Uh, So I was in the US and uh, I was in the middle of my master's degree and uh, looking for jobs. And, you know, I couldn't find any job at that point uh, because I was an immigrant and, you know, there's a lot of complications with respect to visa issues and things like that. And, uh, you know, all my life, I have always wanted to do something bigger than me. And somehow this pan, this phase of my life gave me enough time to push 
me to really think, what do I really want to do? So I actually tried multiple things. I had started with uh, self-blogging, vlogging, uh, you know, uh, basically vlogging my uh, journey in the U.S., uh, but I didn't really enjoy that because it was all about me. Uh, what, what have I done, uh, you know, since morning to night? What, what are my plans and things like that? And I kind of got exhausted talking about myself. Uh, then, uh, so I thought that, no, this is not giving me the kick. Um, then, then I also went on to um, start these videos of encouragement. Uh, you know, I used to write these, uh, you know, I practice Buddhism. So I read a lot of words of encouragement. And whenever I would come across something, I would write it down and make a video of me telling, you know, sharing that encouragement. And then I would post it. But that too, I was like, you know, the world, everyone has their own wisdom. Everyone has their own courage. Like you just don't, you know, how much encouragement can one person give? You know, so there was something not fulfilling about that as well. But one thing led to another. I knew that I, you know, I have worked for 12 years. And I knew that I wanted to do something that could create value in people's lives. Like I had that clarity, but I didn't know what it was. But there was this inner urge. Uh, so I stumbled upon the work of Brandon Stanton. You know, he has his platform called Humans of New York. Uh, Humans of New York is a platform where he interviews people on the streets of New York, just asking them intimate questions about their life. And he started that in 2000, I don't know, 10 and he was just doing it because he loved doing it. And one thing led to another, it became viral. And today he has millions of followers on social media. He has, uh, he's a New York Times bestseller. And it was not about him getting so much success. But when I saw him do that, there was something about reading the stories on the platform. And I was like, I want to do that. I, I love meeting people. I love listening to their stories. So I, was, I just came up with this format that what if I ask people these questions, you know, the questions that I would want to know, I usually ask. Just on a trial basis, I interviewed my sister's friend. His name is Dan. He was my first interviewee. And uh, he talked about his struggle with uh, testicular cancer. And he was in my house and I had my camera set up. And here he opened his heart out. And he said, wow, this was very therapeutic for me. This was like cathartic. And I thought that just this one video gave someone so much release of energy and reminder of what, what his journey has been like, you know? So when I became that person who can remind the person of their journey, it gave me the thrills. I was like, you know, because I believe that everyone has a story. Everyone has the potential to overcome obstacles everyone is a hero like these are my belief system and I was like if I can help people trigger those emotions in their life I mean nothing like it thank you for sharing how you got there how you got to the place where you wanted to reach reach into people and you said that first story of Dan who told you about his cancer and he opened up, he opened up his heart to you. And through telling you his story, he received a gift back of saying, gosh, that was therapeutic. And so you realize the power of not just, not just your interest in him, but then him getting to retell the story and then the story getting shared and heard by others. And then when I came to India and the pandemic struck, uh, I was left with no other option but to do virtual interviews. And that is when it actually kind of exploded. Uh, whereas like there was no barriers now, uh, you know, in terms of where I need to be, because I used to uh, physically go and shoot the videos. Melody, I actually physically met her and did the video with her. She had this one hour time frame and I interviewed her. And even I get encouraged along the way. You know, when I heard her story, here's this woman who is doing bit regatta and, you know, who's holding such great community events. And she talks about how she loses all her money and how she went into depression and how she had took one year to come out of that. Now, imagine how many people would be able to relate to that, you know. So for me, when I was doing the story, I was getting encouraged. I was learning something. The message to the world. So there's this question, what is your one message to the world? Every time a person has shared a message to the world, it is exactly something that I needed to hear. So I was like, 
the point of relatability you know the fact that when one person shares a story there's someone out there who ha- who wants to hear it we think they don't but they do that has been my journey so far and you know you have been a part of it so thank you <laughs> will you tell my listeners what the five questions are absolutely i would love to tell the five questions the first one is not a question it's basically introduce yourself uh, you know basically who you are where you're from what you do second is uh, what defines you which is the toughest question that people find because they're like i don't know what defines me but uh, you know if if you don't know a person per se then uh, you know what kind of value system or uh, you know words that would dis- define you as a person third is which is the deeper question what has been one of the biggest struggles of your life again there are many struggles that people face but i still ask them to choose that one struggle that they really think shaped them as a person so they really have to do some inner digging you know uh, the fourth question uh, is through that struggle what kept them going you know so that people can hear that you know someone who could relate to that struggle they could hear that okay what did that person do to deal with that struggle so what kept you going uh then uh the last two questions are kind of similar but there's still a difference uh uh it is uh, what is the one lesson you learned through your struggle so pertaining to that struggle what is that one lesson you learned and again out of the 100 lessons if you had to share that one lesson and the last question but not the least is if you were to die tomorrow what is the one message you have for the world and this is the part which i find the most exciting because that's the part where people really have to narrow down their thought process to this one message like if something were to happen what would i share with the world you know so that that's my last question that what is the one message you have for the world because your message matters so yeah these are the five questions plus one introduction and do you see yourself publishing these lessons one day absolutely actually this is a very great idea because i constantly keep thinking of how to expand what i'm doing i want to do events i want people to you know come together right now virtually uh, you know all these people who have shared their story to come together and share their story live with people you know um i wanted to turn into a community so uh, there's this woman who i'm very uh, inspired by have you heard of brene brown yes talks about the power of vulnerability indeed she does yes and beautifully like and then when i stumbled upon her ted talk i got so excited because my hashtag is hashtag #dare to be vulnerable and you know you talk so much about vulnerability you talk so much about the importance of being vulnerable and that is the point where the the barriers break because we all are in a delusional world that you know um delusional world that uh, you know this is who i am and you know i'm strong i have to show to the world that i'm strong and i can figure things out but everyone is struggling inside and they are all pretending to be all right but when you break the barriers of that vulnerability you realize oh no like even she's struggling or even he's struggling you know so um, so that power of vulnerability is something that i've related to so i would love to publish all these lessons learned message to the world like someday i'm going to turn this into a book this is a great idea thank you sherry <laughs> you know because i've all this amazing wisdom from the people from around the globe i should do something like that i'm going to make a note of that <laughs> very good idea i'm very pumped about it actually yeah yeah so will you uh give me a gift and uh all my listeners and what would happen if i asked you these questions Oh my god no <laughs> you you have wow all right i have never done this so i'm actually going to be um all right so yeah i would love to do it um, Great. i'm not i'm not prepared at all thank you sherry i never thought that i should be answering these questions you are blowing me away through this podcast <laughs> <laughs> introduce yourself please Hi my name is Shikha um I'm from India born and raised in Rachi 
Um, I have lived most of my life in India till 28 years in different areas of India, Delhi, Mumbai, Bangalore, always away from family. And then I pursued my education in the US and was there for seven years. And uh, I am a video producer by pr uh, profession. Um, I have worked for television. I have worked for ad agencies and digital platforms in both India and the US. Um, but my real passion lies in sharing stories of people. And uh, that is why I'm doing this project. This is my story. What would you say defines you? Inspiration defines me. I get, you know, uh, the word inspiration because I keep seeking inspiration. I try to be inspiring. I, that's the emotion that drives me every day to inspire people, to get inspired, uh, to help people become the best version of themselves. Like when that happens, I'm the happiest person in the world. Like it just does it for me. So yeah, I didn't know that I, that was going to be my answer, but yeah, it is inspiration that defines me. Your greatest life struggle. Initially I had thought it was the breakup that I had in the year 2013, but down the year that struggle became nothing until my mother was diagnosed with cancer. This happened in the year 2018. And uh, I was in the US. When, it, when we heard the news for the first time, I still remember I was in a shoot. And uh, I ran, I left my camera and I ran to the restroom and I howled and I cried. It was multiple myeloma cancer. And uh, I, the first thing I did is I Googled what is the you know, uh, life expectancy of a person suffering from multiple myeloma and it said maximum three years. And I was broken and shattered. And for those two years, all I remember is, you know, I, that was one of the toughest phase of my life because everything was going wrong. My, I was having visa struggles. I was having job struggle. My mother was diagnosed with cancer, going, undergoing chemotherapy. I wasn't with her. I was single. <laughs> I am still single, but at, at that point it was like, I had no one, no partner to be there for me. And, uh, you know, so all of this was going together. And this was a two year struggle that I went through and so many emotions and so much, you know, my perspective about life was transforming. And uh, finally in the year 2020, uh, when my sister from India called and she said, it's time for you to come back. And I had to pack my bags and I knew I, I wouldn't be able to come back because my visa got affected by the fact that I was traveling. I was not supposed to travel. So I knew that I was not being, you know, I won't be able to come back. So I had packed all my seven years of stuff going back in the flight. And then I went and saw my mom in that condition, which is the most painful thing to see your own parent in that condition. And uh, after 10 days, she passed away. But that was kind of the turning point in my life where I lost the one woman who has now, actually now that you say, who has defined me as a person. <laughs> you know, now I go back to the question. She was the inspiration in my life. I learned how to be an inspiring person because of her. And uh, that kind of pushed me actually to go on this journey because I realized the inevitability of life and death you know, I realized every person will one day lose their parent. And it's the most painful thing. And in fact, ever since my mother has passed away, I'm already have so many friends who have lost their father or mother to COVID, you know, and I'm there to support them. And then I realized my mission and purpose in life. You know, you go through struggles so that you can overcome them and be there for someone else who's going through it. And even before we move on, I'm just so incredibly touched by your reveal yeah. and, and something you said that impacted me greatly was that when we go through hardship and pain, that what can turn into a gift is that we're there, we're able to be there for others who are then going through something similar. Absolutely. And I don't know that I'd ever seen it quite that way before. 
And I got this big wave that came over me. And I realized that one of the things I stand for now that I didn't even know I stood for is people in a relationship that they are enduring that isn't meeting their needs, where they're not satisfied, where the partnership isn't even and loving and and people are enduring it because they're scared to be alone and a whole host of other reasons. And people told me I was courageous when I left, when I left my marriage of 20 years. They told me I was courageous. And it didn't feel courageous, it felt necessary. But I know now how impacted I am by stories of people who are in a relationship that's not working out for them. And I wanna, I wanna shake them. <laughs> I wanna <laughs> shake them and say like, there's so much on the other side. When I see folks ride the wave and go through it on their own timeline and they come out the other side, like I, I watch, I watch them blossom. And then you get it. I'm taking your lesson, your message of your own personal grief, your transformational grief and how you're able to show up for others because of it. And while my story is not about grief, it was the most transformational act of my life so far, was leaving a broken relationship and, uh, and seeking something else, believing that something else was possible. And I feel like now I can be a champion for others. And that's the parallel I'm seeing. Yeah. It, it hadn't really occurred to me before this moment. I mean, the fact that you went through a 20-year broken marriage and today you said that you're with a person who is giving you so much more. Imagine you're already encouraging me through your struggle because I have been through a broken relationship and Sometimes I feel that this is it. I will never find love again. But, you know, your struggle has helped me understand that, no, you will when the time is right. I had no idea it could be this good. That I could be this, that I could be this loved, that I could receive this much love, that it was even possible to feel this connected to someone. And it, it does take some, some inner work. It does take some, I'm still learning how to love myself more. That's, that's part of my work. <laughs> ah, yeah. And so back to the questions that you ask <laughs> in your project, I believe that question number four yeah. is what kept you going? So what kept me going um, is my Buddhist practice. Everyone has, you know, I'm not a religious person by nature. I don't, uh, uh, you know, since childhood, I have not been. But I always wanted to seek the inner power. You know, I was always curious that, you know, everyone says God is within. So I wanted to understand the meaning of it. And then I stumbled about, uh, upon this philosophy, life-affirming philosophy of Buddhism, uh, where we chant this uh, mantra called Nam Myoho Renge Kyo. Uh, it means I dedicate my life to the mystic law of the universe. And the law of the universe is the law of cause and effect. Uh, so basically, whatever causes you're creating, that's the effect you will bring attract towards your life. I have been chanting since the past seven years. You know, people meditate, people exercise, people do different kinds of things to uh, find their inner strength and channel their inner strength. And this has 
transformed my life, Sherry, like transformed it inside out. And I started it after a horrible breakup with a five-year-long boyfriend who had cheated on me three times with three different women. And uh, I never had the courage to walk out of that relationship for five years. And uh, I was very unhappy for five years, but I would still, you know, of course, he was a good man, but he wasn't a loyal man. And uh, I was broken and shattered so many times. And, and I never uh, really uh, thought that I would ever have the courage to face myself. And, uh, you know, I would try different things until this practice happened and I started chanting every day. So it turned, it, it was, it's like an, a vocal meditation that you do. So um, when you chant it aloud, you do it for, you know, you start with five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever, you know, whatever amount of time you want to invest in it. And it just helps you firstly align yourself to your center and awaken you to your limitless potential and what you deserve, what you, what you, uh, you know, what you're entitled to in life. Uh, you know, it helps you tap into your highest potential, your highest wisdom, your highest courage, your highest degree of compassion. So these are the three qualities that makes a person, which are the, which are the three qualities that can help people overcome any obstacle, wisdom, compassion, and courage. And I was able to tap into it. Like in the beginning, I just did it for the heck of it. You know, I was like, I need something. I need to, you know, figure this out. Uh, so I had just started chanting like that. And uh, it took me, uh, you know, so what is basically happening is you're changing within. You're not trans trying to change the environment. What is really changing is you as a person. So as I started chanting at that time, I'm, I'm sharing this story because this is what helped me in my mom's struggle as well. Um, where uh, when I chanted and I, you know, I was able to awaken to the fact that how much I did not love my own self. It's a very basic concept, but I was so in darkness to even realize that I don't love myself. Forget the man not loving me. You know, I had zero respect for myself, zero value for myself. I had no self-esteem. And I wondered why all of this happened. And so I started working on those aspects. Seven years down the line, I have been still chanting every single day of my life. So that includes when my mom was undergoing cancer. And uh, so I was chanting for her health. I was chanting for the strength to deal with this obstacle. Uh, Buddhism philosophy talks about when you can't uh, see your own way, then light the way for someone else. You know, when you light the way for someone else, your way gets lit up. Correct. Like if you're in a tunnel and you're trying to show someone the path and you light a candle for him, even your path has opened up. So that kind of helps me a lot. So when mom was going through cancer, even during that struggle, because of my chanting, I had the life state to realize that now is the time when I should encourage more people. So uh, that's why my Buddhist practice and that's why I always share it with the world. Uh, the chant, it has transformed my life. And I always encourage people to do it. Always. Like, do your thing, do whatever suits you, but also try this. I want to remember the translation of the yeah. mantra. And what I, what I wrote down is, I dedicate my life to the mystery of the universe. Mystic law of the universe. Mystic law, not mystery. Okay. It's mystic because uh, when you change, the environment changes. So the cause is happening here, which is the transformation within, and the effect happens then outside. So that there's this mystic part to it where um, you would be chanting for something impossible to happen. Impossible. In your brain, your brain is saying it cannot happen. But your life is unlimited. So when you're chanting to your own life, saying that I trust in the mystic law of the universe, that means I trust in the power within and you take the action, you know, whatever that action you need to take towards your goal, then the mystic happens, then the universe responds. That has been a life transforming philosophy. And I came out of that relationship within six months after the practice. I didn't even realize it um, because I transformed. I was like, five years, I couldn't come out of this. And six months, I'm out of it. Like, and ever since that, he has been in touch with me, following up with me, calling me. And I don't feel a thing for him. 
I mean, I appreciate him. We are good friends now. But uh, at that point, I was like, I didn't know how that shift happened. Like I saw, like, in fact, I had compassion for him. I was like, I hope he's happy. <laughs> you know, it had shifted. The gear had shifted. I was like, I really, I chant for his happiness because he himself is a good human being. Uh, but, you know, he, he doesn't have the intention of hurting me. But, you know, he's suffering inside. That's why even he's seeking happiness from outside, from different women, from different circumstances. So, in fact, it became that I was chanting for his happiness. But did I want him back? No. Six months. <laughs> I was like, wow. I was blown away. Because this practice sounds so transformative for you, I, I want to make sure I understand it. Absolutely. And, and so when you're saying that you were chanting for his happiness, you're not actually chanting words other than the mantra, correct? Yeah. So you just continue to chant the mantra, which is I dedicate my life to the mystic law of the universe. And where would I find that text? You're going to, if you just type that text, it's just going to come up. So there are millions of people practicing this all around the world. Um, I started only when I heard that, like there are 12 million members, like there are, there's this organization, Soka Gakkai, which means value creation. And it started in Japan and it has spread to India, America, Europe, everywhere around the world. And they practice uh, this life affirming philosophy. It's called Nichiren Buddhism. So we talk about social revolution, political revolution, different kinds of revolution, but the real revolution that really matters, Sherry, is human revolution, which means you have to change. Stop seeking from outside. The solution lies within. And these are the three tools that you can try, you know, and even if people don't practice, that's okay. But, uh, you know, not everyone is going to chant. That's okay. Do what suits you. But at the end of the day, know that you are the solution. And you have, you, you have to do it for the sake of others. Human revolution. Yeah. Where, do I, where do I sign up? I think I already have. But. You know, when you meet people who practice Buddhism, you will hear the biggest, they have turned their biggest struggle. There's this concept called turning poison to medicine, which means when you are going through your struggle, instead of a struggle, it's your biggest opportunity to turn your life around. So nowadays when I struggle, I'm reminded of the fact that, oh, it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing that I'm struggling because this is when you struggle, that's the only time you try hard to survive, right? That's the only time you pull out everything that you have in your life to face that struggle. So, uh, so struggles are good. It helps you polish your life. It helps you really look into your life and see that, you know, what is my potential? So, yeah. Just yesterday, I was having a really big struggle with the reveal that I received from someone I care about. Yeah. And I was really uh, sad about this news that came to me. And I wasn't sure how to deal with it. And I called a very wise friend of mine. And when I told her what the issue was, she said, it sounds like you haven't had an opportunity to build resiliency around this yet. Mm -hmm. And as I, as I considered what she was saying to me, I was remembering the training in my authentic relating practice that the co-founder of Art International wrote a book called Conflict Equals Energy. So whenever you are in conflict, remembering that conflict equals energy, that this is just like a surge of information that you can now use and be an alchemist and transmute this energy. And like you're saying in the practice of Buddhism, that it's an opportunity to grow. Yeah, yeah. Conflict into an opportunity of growth. Exactly. Exactly. I truly believe in that. Yeah. And imagine if people start thinking like that, because people fear struggle. And that is the problem that struggles are inevitable. Yeah. But when you're struggling, that's the best thing. 
because that's the time you will you know transform your life so i totally agree with you mm. totally it sounds like in some ways you've also delivered uh the the greatest lesson that you've learned you shared with me what kept you going through your struggle and as yeah. you defined your struggle you realized it was the loss of your mom and what kept you going was your was your buddhism practice i'm wondering if this what kept you going would you say that that is also the greatest lesson in your life i mean there's a lot of lessons in my life but the one thing one lesson i learned was uh, no matter what happens keep moving forward i know everyone knows this but uh it's it's like this is how i moved forward after my mother's passing which was uh, i took it one day at a time <laughs> i just made sure that before sleeping i should be satisfied that i gave my best today and at that time i i have to share this with you that we were back in our hometown in india rachi it's a small city in india where i was born and raised my after my mom's funeral and all the rites and rituals were done they all left it was just me and my dad in our old house i was sitting there jobless i was sitting there uh, you know uh, with my visa processing it was halted because of certain reasons and i was in my old house it 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 is like full it life came in full circle and i was back to where i started so i was kind of depressed and at that point the lesson i learned was the important thing is to not you know it's it's a cliche but it's very important for us to remind that you have to keep moving forward one day at a time no matter what happens and one day at a the time means you don't think of the future you don't think of the past this moment you have to win because this is all that exists before sleeping i should have gratitude for the day like i that is my reality check that did i win today <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised if next time we meet i'd be calling you guru shika <laughs> yeah I, i think i i'm i've become very philosophical i just keep you know my sister makes fun of me <laughs> she's like oh here she goes again and i'm like no listen to me i'm making sense uh, this is my sister here in india because i have this habit of always turning everything into this you know preachy uh thing but but that's who i am now you know i i i embrace myself for the person i am right now so yeah <laughs> guru shikha i would love to be called that <laughs> but i'm not i'm no guru you we all are gurus I have I learned so much from you you learn some things from me we all help each other Yeah that's actually the premise of one of the main principles of authentic relating is there's a yeah. there's a practice around equanimity which is the uh, state of being that is in the center of dignity and humility and yeah. in in teaching this particular practice we um play a game with all of the participants in this course called the art of being human i'm a a facilitator and a coach and practitioner of this work and in in teaching this lesson on dignity and humility we play the guru game mm. and mm. this guru game suggests that same thing that you just said we are all the gurus we are all teaching and learning we are always always in our dignity and our humility as the student and the teacher yeah. at different moments in different ways on different days i learn things from my partner's teen son you know where i can i can sit and be the student you know of a of a 17 year old and right. uh and i can sit in my humility and and have him teach me something about technology or a piece of software or the stock market <laughs> has the conversation the other day about cryptocurrency and and he's and he's teaching me and so there's this idea that you know age has nothing to do with you know wisdom 
or our capacity to learn and our capacity to teach. We have this thing called mentor and disciple. You always uh, seek from your mentor because he or she has walked the path. So you try to align yourself to what would my mentor do? Like you have it in your professional life, spiritual life, everyone. So I, I relate to what you're saying that everyone is a guru and everyone has so much to offer. So yeah, as disciples, we just seek in, you know, whatever you can. So yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And so what's your message for the world that you would share before you die? What is the message? God, so many, but let me really think what I'd like to say. And now I realize how difficult I make it for my interviewees. <laughs> there is so much to say. For now, I'm going to say uh, my one message to the world is believe in your potential. Believe in the power of your life. And I know, again, this is a very cliche line, but this is ultimately what it comes down to, to believe in the fact that your life is as big as the universe. So never for one second doubt that when you have goals in your life, you know, when you set out your goals, don't, uh, you know, don't think that, oh, this is too big a goal to achieve, or this is too, you know, for example, this is my story. I have a huge dream about it, like a big dream. Like I want to make it big. Am I close to it? Not really. Like I'm doing one story at a time. I'm going at a snail's pace, but that is, that is the way to go forward, right? Little by little, it starts building up because uh, uh, because we start doubting ourselves way before anything else so this is the doubt is your devil the doubt and fear i use the word devil because it is a devil these are the two things that is always going to suck the joy out of your life that is going to uh, not help you move forward so that's why believe in the potential of your life that is my one message to the world if anyone has to hear me through your podcast, um, please uh, today go back and write down three things you love about yourself. And those are the three things that the world needs. So um, put it out there. So yeah, <laughs> that is my message to the world. <laughs> and that is what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, That is what you're doing at the very, I'm going to circle back to the very beginning of our conversation. And I'm yeah. finding this really interesting that your message for the world was the message you gave yourself at the very beginning you said, I always knew I wanted to do something bigger than myself. Yeah, well, you tied it in well, yes, it's true. Since childhood, I didn't know what, <laughs> I did not have any clue as a child. I was like, somehow I would go to these concerts or I would go watch people on the big screen. I would, you know, I would, uh, you know, be part of these big events. And somehow the only thing that would come in my heart was that I don't want to be an audience. I want to be up there doing something. I didn't enjoy being an audience. I don't feel like being an audience, even if it's just doing you know, very menial job, but it has to be where I'm doing the action. I'm not just receiving it. Where do you think that comes from? I've had this burning yeah. knowing, this inner fire, this brightness that just like blazes on. I yeah. mean, I can't really help it. I can't even, I can't even dampen it or put it out if I wanted to like yes I admitted I had a really sad day yesterday yesterday and there's still some residual pain from that experience and and that's going to happen that's part of life yeah. but it doesn't take away this inner knowing this feeling that I've had my whole life that there's more Mm. That, there's, that there's more out there to explore, to see, to do, to be. Yeah. And I've always wanted to know where it comes from. Yeah. And uh, like, I, I also feel and uh, that I think everyone has that in them. 
but only few have the courage to you know act upon it not everyone has the courage because we as human beings are born curious as a child when you're born like this is my understanding that as a child you're born you're always like what is this like you're looking around you know uh, as a child you're just very curious as to what everything is and that's why as a child your learning capacity is more because you're constantly seeking things so everyone is born with those uh, you know uh, qualities of always wanting to do more or you know i see my nephew little nephew jumping around he's so inquisitive and curious and trying to figure out things you know but then we let the environment tailor us into becoming the person we are instead of you know today education is changing i mean there has to be education about self development more than ever because we we are taught math science everything but no one teaches us how to tap into our inner power of you know what you said that you know this thing this light that you have you which you want to shine so you the only difference is that you had the courage um to tap into it not everyone finds that courage i know so many people who want to do so much but they don't have the courage and where it comes from uh, i think it it will i mean i don't have an answer to that but for for me it was from my mother i feel because uh, so after she passed away we came across a diary where she wrote she was just in her second last month she started writing um you know so her handwriting was very fragile like it was shaky handwriting so we couldn't really un- understand and she wrote in a language in hindi hindi is my mother tongue and the 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 topic for that uh essay was jeevan ka junoon which means passion for life and i was like imagine before dying that's all she could think because she was a woman who came from the village she was the only educated woman in in her family and she had this dream of becoming this person in the finance industry having three daughters like impossible dreams like a girl from a village who was like in poverty and to where she came why because of her zeal for life her passion for life and that day when i read of course i cried a lot and then i was like this is where i get this from as like she has summarized my life because ever since i was born i always wanted to be in, a, in another city uh as like i don't want to be where i was born i want to go to delhi which is the capital of india i want to go to mumbai which is the financial capital of india i want to go to bangalore i want to go to us i want to be in new york i want to be in seattle i want like i'm constantly like my goals become bigger and, and then i was like why am i like this and then i was like because i have a passion for life and i have the courage to tap into it so i think uh, for to each one uh, the answer would be different for you it would be some person subconsciously who you have uh, uh, you know felt inspired from that's why what defines me is inspiration because i always like i you think i'm not being inspired by you sherry but i am like look at you you the way you smile you the way i have felt talking to you today because you made me feel so comfortable it's such a beautiful quality you have that you have made me feel so comfortable right now at this point so just letting you know that that uh, uh and i know you don't have to tell me that you have this inner light you have it even if people who don't know you would know know it when they meet you like from day one that i saw you i was like she's so enthusiastic about life so much she wants to do and i know you have bigger plans <laughs> and it keeps going bigger so i know it that's the energy you pass on so yeah <laughs> well yeah i'm so moved by what you see i just want to offer my gratitude to you for showing up today and for allowing me to surprise myself by surprising you by asking you your own questions <laughs> as those uh, right now i'm thinking oh god i should have been prepared you know so that i would have but it was actually nice it came whatever came to my you know the first thing that came into my mind is what i shared and that is the whole re- purpose of this right to just let it be authentic so i really had a great time sherry i think what you're doing is incredible uh this is also very cathartic and uh, you know the fact that you are not limiting yourself uh you know the 
this thing that you have of doing so much imagine where it's taking you like it, you're talking to people from different backgrounds and different places and everything only you know you're being able to do that only because you want to do it right like and then uh, so i think uh, you have a beautiful heart i had told you even then uh, during the interview it it shines a lot i know you always mean well and thank you for having me on your podcast and i'm so excited i've never been on a podcast before <laughs> so thank you thank you for making me feel special worthy enough to share my story thank you are you kidding what a joy it has been for me to give shika the space to share more of herself the same person who's dedicated her life to telling other people's stories. And I love that I got to learn and share with all of you her message for the world. She wants us to write down the three things that we love about ourselves, Because she believes that that is what the world needs. So it occurs to me that all of these people that she has interviewed and made these video projects about in her program, This Is My Story, What's Yours? They were all asked these same questions, which ends with, what message do you want to give to the world? And I, I'm going to... I'm going to pause this and I'm going to go watch every single one of those videos and I'm going to write down their message and then I'm going to jump back on and I'm going to read them to you and that's how we're going to close out this episode of Pink Noise. So just give me a hot minute or a handful of hours and I'll be back. All right, I'm back. And I got to say, this group of individuals I'm about to quote from, they've endured illness, cancer, abuse, isolation, incarceration, depression, anxiety, trauma, neglect, disorders, disfigurements, all kinds of issues. And yet... They have uplifting, inspirational messages to share about their journey. And at the end of their interview with Shika, they were all asked the question, what message do you have for the world? And Nick said, your best opportunities and dreams can be born out of the hardest times of your life. Go towards the fear. Break through that pain, and the world opens up to you. Richard said, if you want to make something, it's your responsibility to do it. Your journey is going to be different than anybody else's. The race is not with others. It's with yourself. Dan said, be the change you want to see. If you want to make the change. You have to go through the hard time and display it for everyone else to see. Ashley says the best stories are the ones with the biggest and hardest conflicts. The harder it gets, the better story it's going to be in the end. And that every story has a resolution. So if you're still in conflict, then it's not over. Hamad says, nobody is going to look out for you, but you. You'll often be judged for the things that you do, but that doesn't shape the person that you are. Taze says, don't be in a rush to overcome the problems in your life right now. What is life but the dream of what you want? And you've got to go out and do it. Kara reminds us that it's okay to say, hey, this isn't right for me. 
And when it comes to finding love, you have to believe that there is someone that is going to fit with you. I'll say amen to that, sister. Arian says, you have to get uncomfortable to get comfortable. You have to face your fears directly. And the return that you get from the people you pour your life into will be far greater than what you give them. Amanda's advice is there's no one lifestyle tweak that's going to give you your perfect life. It's up to you to find out what works best. Christina says you can go through difficult times and battles and still turn them into blessings. We all have the power and the ability to build others up, to help others feel less broken. Elliot's lesson is do not trade your time for money. Rather, trade your time for what you truly love. That's a tough lesson, Elliot, but I believe you. Melody's advice is that relationships are the key to life. Don't seclude yourself. Spend all your time in your talent. Know who you are so well and then focus on that for the rest of your life. Farm out the rest. She should know she grew up with a family of farmers. Rebecca tells us that winter will always turn into spring. Miha reminds us to be grounded. Learn to forgive easily and learn to accept the unsaid apologies. Amy's advice is to keep adapting and changing. And when you hit rock bottom, the only place to go is up. No cause is lost. No hardship is too big to give up on your potential. Mary says, trust in the power of your story Because in our story, there are tools and remedies to heal, not just yourself, but the community you are in. Shweta says, don't be afraid of failures, because failures have taught her so much. Ava says, what you have is not for you. It's for you to give to the world. And that's something I can really relate to because in the story that I told in my video, it's that the meaning of life is to find our gift and our purpose is to give it away. So I can see that me and Ava were really aligned in that. Veronica says, always stay true to what you believe. Explore and be curious. Rocky says, make your own roadmap. Be yourself and believe in yourself. Van tells us that we are in the driver's seat of our life. Look at challenge as opportunities and don't look at them as obstacles. Krista says, you can do more than you think you can do. You know more than you think you know. And you will get further than you could ever have imagined. Are you feeling inspired yet? Because I still got 10 more. (laughs) Are you making notes? Candace says, appreciate what you have to offer because for someone else, it could be one of the best things they ever got. Ronak says, everything is subject to change. Every situation, whether good or bad, So never hold on to anything, and especially during these trying times of coronavirus. We should all remember that for better or for worse, change is the only thing that will lead us into our future. Tanya's advice was if you do not believe in yourself, you cannot expect anyone else to believe in you. So don't let your past dictate your future. Marissa 
says, be sincere and authentic and share your heart with the world. There was no one that was created just like you. Allie reminds us that there is always a way forward. Even the most painful, toxic situation can be transformed into something of value. Jana says, we have the power to flip the narrative. Go in the direction that makes yourself full. Fill your heart to the brim so that you can support and connect and help those around you. Jennifer says we all possess the ability to heal ourselves. You are worthy of healing and being happy. And Brie, the most recent video in the series, she tells us that we have everything within us that we need to overcome obstacles. Create your dreams and really walk forward into the life that you dream of living. I hope you caught all that. <laughs> Whew. Until next time, keep mining and shining the gold within.